0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Water Cooler Podcast. My name is Merle Silverbrand, and joining me as always is Cameron. How are you doing, Cameron? I'm doing good. And uh, today we're joined by um, one of my friends at the Old Man Orange and uh, Drunk Batman series. It's Ryan Dunnigan. Hello, thanks for having I,
1: me, No problem. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing pretty good. I know the world is kind of upside down right now, but uh, but I'm doing okay myself, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think what the world has kind of shown over the last couple of days is that, uh, is that especially with President-elect Joe Biden, uh, is that we are kind of back on track a little bit. But that's just my opinion. But I don't know. Uh, but how are you holding up during this 2020, this this crazy, insane time?
1: <laughs> it w- it's been a little all over the place. You know, when COVID first happened, I was out of work for like... Uh about a month. But I mean, I was on, I mean, I wasn't totally laid off from my job, but I was just on, you know, um, just temporarily out of it. So it gave me time. Like, all right, well, I'll just work on my comp book for a while. <laughs> That's kind of what we did. And, and that time I moved in with my girlfriend who lived in Oakland at the time I was living in San Francisco and then got back to work. And then shortly after we we're like, just got, you know, I love, I love San Francisco, but and Oakland's cool too, but like, you know what, let's just try and slow things down a little bit. So uh, when job hunting got a place in Guerneville and uh, first place renting without a roommate, well, i my girlfriend, but you know what I mean? So th- I really can't complain, you know, and I don't deal with shitty customers anymore. Now I'm dealing with like dogs most of the day. So way easier. I'd rather get That's the chance time. of getting bit than, ha- than you know, talk to a customer by this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that I think dealing with animals is just, just a delight especially like they're they're always happy to see you and stuff like that and just i don't know uh but i'm glad glad to know that you're doing really well right and we haven't talked in quite some time so this i is know kind it's of been a, a minute good output. We we're meaning to get you on old man orange there for a second yeah well maybe this will this will start it but yeah but cameron uh i know before so recorded this uh uh your raiders pulled out a pretty Nice win. Against yeah, the I guess
2: Yeah, I was in and out of the game, but uh I'm I'm glad they pulled through. They played they played good in the second half and uh the last two plays our cornerback Isaiah Johnson really uh came through.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, two plays uh, in a row,
2: same the same fade route, you know, and Isaiah just played I was worried sick that uh he wouldn't get it the second time around, but Whew. That was close.
0: Right. Uh but yeah, you're doing better than the Niners could could ever be doing right now. But we've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like how, how you've been doing this week, Cameron.
2: This week? Um it's all right. You know, I, I kinda enjoy the change of seasons, you know. Walk outside and it's a bit colder and breezier and less dry. And uh, when the seasons always change, I get uh, a little nostalgic, you know, kind of reminds me of uh, home, childhood, something like that, you know, and then, and then it gets old and, and then you just get depressed from the cold weather.
0: Right. Uh, I actually I enjoy like the cold weather. It's been a little bit too cold up, up here in Sacramento, but it's just uh, I don't know. I, I like that. I like that change too, especially from like Halloween to like, to like, uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Christmas. Yeah. Cause you, you still get to see pumpkins out because pumpkins are still in season. So it's, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's just honestly super nice.
2: Thanksgiving was one of my favorite holidays as a kid, just because of, uh, the, the dinners, the meals, you know, going over to my grandma's house and, and having everyone there and having a table full of food. Mm -hmm. Uh, i just that's one of my favorite festivities
0: right hopefully uh well i don't know about this year but yeah uh, i'm
2: probably staying at home for the holidays
0: right exactly so uh which will which is unfortunate but we just gotta sometimes you just gotta make it what it is
2: and it's not what it's not you know
0: yeah exactly but i don't know uh (laughs) that was a the this is it was a little depressing just a little bit, but uh well, it's a depressing movie yeah well, <laughs> nice segue, Ryan, into uh our uh topic of uh this week where we're talking about insomnia uh we're basically it's an ongoing series that we're doing where we're discussing each movie leading up to uh uh Christopher Nolan's tenant just a Christopher nolan retrospect so mm. uh but yeah. I guess uh we'll we'll start talking about that like Cameron what you think.
2: What a um different kind of Nolan movie. You know, kind of takes away the mystery magic that you get typically in his movies and it's kind of just more straightforward, right? We it's and it's not like a typical murder mystery where everything is a mystery to the viewer. You know it, you know who who did it and and it's more of a a uh, uh, moral compass movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like dive into uh, uh, Detective Dormer's sort of uh, moral compass and and uh, the themes of you know the theme of truth. I, I think is pretty consistent in his movies, but uh, mm-hmm. this one takes a little bit of a change. Not to mention yeah. darker.
0: I think more the theme of this movie is more of the devil is in the details. Yeah, especially. It, which I, I I don't know. I just thought of that, and I was just like that. I'm going to mention that in the podcast because that just sounds profound. <laughs> just because this, uh, the, just the way, uh, like he's the, the movie starts where it just focuses on everything, and and just and what he tells like for, what's the girl's name? Uh, the cat young cat or Kate?
2: The one that died, or the detective?
0: That the detective.
2: Um, it's on the tip of my tongue.
0: It's a, it's Hillary Swank's character. Ellie.
2: Burr. Yeah. yeah. Burr.
0: Yeah. Just the way he's telling her at the beginning of the movie, you like, like focus in on everything and, uh, small, never, small never thing. leave in, small things. Ne- yeah. Never leave anything unturned. And, uh, that ends up like spoilers for insomnia is that that ends up kind of like costing him. And, uh, at the end of the movie, more or less. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, super interesting like it's like i agree with you cameron it's more it's more i think out of all of nolan's films at least the ones we've seen so far this one's more genre Mm -hmm. and it's and i think that is attributed to the fact that uh it's not written by nolan it's written written by someone else it's it's based off of
2: it's an adaptation
0: yeah so it's interesting to see what he does like with adaptations and we'll see that for the next movies we're going to discuss too. Uh, it's it's interesting to see like what he does with adaptations and still able to put his little twist on it. So,
2: so I guess I think the big question for me, you know, there's not anything like, um, reflective or, uh, like super deep and philosophical. I mean, maybe if you want to, if you want to put it there, but, I guess what I, what I want to ask myself is do the means really justify the end? You know, like is what did, what did what uh, detective dormer do was that morally good Was that? Or was that a like a bad thing that he did by covering up his, his shooting of his partner?
0: Well, uh, Ryan, I'll let you speak after, uh, after I mentioned this is that I think that, the interesting thing about these two characters that Robin Williams character and, and uh, Al Pacino's is that they're both struggling with like with what they did. Like Robin Williams feels like uh, he killed that girl just because he felt like it was uh, like, he felt like he was doing something right, but also was kind of struggling with like what he actually did. And the same thing for Al Pacino's character. And I find that kind of connection between the two really fascinating you don't really see that a lot in like murder mysteries especially today and even back then but
1: but yeah ryan what do you think um, i think that the well first off what's something i really like about the movie because i remember uh i remember seeing trailers for this movie when it was first coming out and tv ads just thinking oh it looks like another you know just another like detective murder mystery movie. And when I actually, you know, then I saw Batman Begins and Prestige and Dark Knight and found myself really getting into Christopher Nolan. So then I started just looking. oh, he made that movie. Okay. So I remember getting this movie at the pawn shop and then watching it and just being like, wait, there's a whole aspect. This movie didn't even advertise, which is the whole thing about how he accidentally kills his partner. And that, that like, the, the murder is solved very quickly and i just think that's just such an interesting aspect because i mean maybe i don't know what the original movie that this one's based on i don't know what they what details they gave away when before that came out but i thought that was just a very interesting thing not just like not to not to tease that that that's the thing that's this is the thing I, oh this, this is the movie we're watching the it's a murder mystery very secondary and it's just more of them trying it was kind of like It's a more darker, serious version of Knives Out kind of, I think, because Knives Out, it's like you get that mystery out of the way very quickly. And then you um, and then it's just about staying one step ahead of everybody. Mm -hmm. Same thing with this. I thought it was interesting that the whole thing with Al Pacino and Robin Williams in the movie is first off, it takes forever to even really get to see Robin Williams. And it's not a big thing when he's there. It's not like it's him the whole time. He's just, oh, that's him. Yeah, he's there. And then I like how Robin Williams is trying to like talk himself through and he sees some kind of kingship between him and Al Pacino. But Al Pacino's like, dude, you're a piece of shit. I deal with you guys all the time. The only reason you're not in the handcuffs right now is because you have something over on me, which was me being sloppy.
2: Mm -hmm. Like, I I just thought that
1: was it. Sorry, go ahead.
2: My question is, is like, like what he said when he was speaking to the uh, receptionist at the hotel, when he told the, when you revealed the story of the uh, investigation, the internal affairs investigation from L.A., right? Why they were investigating it? Because he planted blood on the the suspect's uh, clothes, Right. And his excuse was that the the end justify the means, or the means justifies the ends, right? Mm-hmm. My question is, is, is that morally a, a good, like, can you really justify the end because of that? I mean, is, does that make him a bad cop? Does that make him a dirty cop because he did that?
1: I think at the end of the day, we're meant to view him as, like, I think when we first see Al Pacino, we're meant to think he is... Like the good cop. He's always good, good intentions. Cop. Yeah. But then as the movie goes on, we see him slip here. We see him slip there. And then we see him coming with excuses for this reason or that reason. And I feel like that he's meant to be a good person, but maybe not the best cop. Just because, you know, he says to the uh, the lodge owner, like, no one, most people never meet a serial killer. So, but I deal with them all the time. So they don't know. I knew. I knew, and it's just like, maybe you did, or maybe you think you did. So I guess that's the thing that makes that brings up the question: Was it right or wrong? Because we he really could not find enough evidence on the guy, so he planted the evidence.
2: Right, Uh, and I think that the viewers perceive it as as yeah, he knows who the killer was, but because of the the legal system, you know, there wasn't enough incriminating evidence so he decided to take action into his own hands and uh compromise his morality so he can uh get to a, a justified end and um i think i think that uh kind of funny earlier today I, I was thinking about it and i was like brainstorming in my head and it's sort of you're able to uh relate it to current events um let's let's assume that uh the election was altered and and rigged for for some some of our favors, right? Um, does that justify? You know, would that would that sort of thing justify the end, so we can get someone bad out of office, or so we could incriminate a, a, a criminal? And I think that's a, a open that that's an open ended question um, that Christopher Nolan is sort of throwing at us. And um, usually we see an open ended ending, like cliffhanger. But we don't in this movie. And I think the open-ended aspect is the moral compass in this one. If Mark, I can
1: add – oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: I was just going to ask you guys. What you thought.
1: If I can add to what you were just saying about that then because um, you, you said it throws the question at us. Like do we think he's right? Do we think he's wrong? I think one of the reasons why we never – when he's telling the story, we never see a picture of the guy he's talking about or we never see like the like any pictures of the kid that was apparently, you know, like tortured and killed. I think that that's almost it, – it's it's made it to be harder to – because if, if they showed any of that, it might sway us one way or the other. So for that reason, we're just going off of Al Pacino's word. So right. you're like, well, I've already seen you in like weird, stressful situations. So I really don't know – if you did make the right call,
2: Marley, what do you think?
1: Well, I, I think the the
0: most fascinating thing about this is like when Al Pacino, like Ryan, I like how you said that he accidentally shoots his partner, but I feel like that could even in itself could be open ended, just because the way that scene is shot. I, I like I I love the way it's shot, just because you're getting like POV shots of him, like seeing through the fog and just kind of like Christopher Nolan just does like a masterful job of like putting the audience in Al Pacino's shoes. Like not in just in that scene, but throughout the whole movie of just him feeling tired and just kind of the way he pieces stuff together. Like obviously like when you're, uh, when you're sleep deprived, like information doesn't come to you like uh, the, like off off the drop of a hat, you kind of have to like uh, put pieces of the puzzle together, like very slowly and Al Pacino's like performance. It, in my opinion, like definitely like helps with that. And, and I don't know, I, I think that the whole him shooting his partner, it could be like, like he could have, it seemed like that could have either been planned by him or it could have been an accident just because of, especially like what happened after with like his partner, pushing him away and uh just and also their relationship before all that too it like it wasn't really all that developed but just uh like he was obviously like a new detective on the scene and al pacino's kind of the seasoned uh seasoned detective and he obviously is kind of pushing him off to the side but uh so he uh um, like he obviously doesn't really have like uh um like it's not like he hates him or anything like that. It's more of like
2: it had conflict because yeah. Eckhart was going to testify against him, giving him immunity, and mm. alter and um, effectively that was going to uh, uh, release the convicts. It would let it would let the convicts go free with uh, using the questionable evidence that he had mm-hmm. in the previous case,
1: which is something they kind of use in Dark Knight, right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Definitely, what was I going to say? <laughs> it's definitely a different Nolan film, different than all the other ones, but.
1: Feels like a very underrated Nolan film because I feel like most of the time when people talk about Nolan, it's usually uh, Batman or more of his sci fi oriented movies. But um, I think that this is like. I, I, the only known the only two known movies I've not seen is Tenant and following I've seen everything else mm-hmm. and I think this is a very underrated movie of his
0: yeah i I definitely think it's underrated too uh but I think the reason why a lot of people don't necessarily like talk talk about this one uh generally is because like like I mentioned this before is that like he also he didn't write it and his brother didn't obviously write this one too and it's And uh, like usually if uh, it's based off an adaptation, he's usually writing like the script or like he has like all control. But uh, the fact that he picked up the script and was able to like, like direct uh, direct this and, and still make it coherent. It's, I I feel like it's a, like a, it's an incredible feat. And it it probably could be like one of his best films.
2: Much more of a a character drama. Mm Hmm. Than, than his other films in my opinion like there's there's less uh, deep thoughts and, and, and big concepts that you have to try to grasp But it's a little bit easier to watch and and it's not like you know it doesn't have his typical cliffhangers at the end mm-hmm. of it and um, it's not like whoa blow your mind and shoot out you also it's only his second feature film his second mm-hmm. big studio film.
1: I feel like, uh, to, to jump off of both, what both of you said right there, um, regarding this being like, you know, only a second major feature film, I feel like this was kind of like, um, I mean, maybe he didn't want to do Batman right off the bat, but I think he wanted to do something bigger and try, I think, I think actually maybe he did want to do Batman at some point. And they almost use, I wouldn't surprise me if this was like sort of their test, like, the Wachowskis came to Warner Brothers like we got this idea for this thing called the Matrix. Like that sounds good. But we don't even know if you guys know how to work a camera, so try the smaller, independent, budget movie about like a lesbian couple, and it's also a crime film. So do that, and then they got Matrix. So I can almost see this being kind of like that for. Um, I like that. For Nolan,
2: I like that because there's there's definitely a lot of reoccurring themes, and, and as far as building the plot. And moving it forward, and 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 letting you live through the protagonist, uh, I can see that how how Batman begins as his next film, and um, it's definitely much more uh, oriented around crime and society and intent over or, or intent how the how a character's intent will uh, be polarized by his actions, because not always does good intent result in a good action. Clearly.
1: Mm-hmm. And even though it's not the first uh, theme or the main theme of Batman Begins, Batman Begins definitely has themes of guilt in it. Um, I I, I just want to like mention
0: the fact that uh, we've we mentioned Robin Williams like a couple of times, but can we also like mention like how good Robin Williams was in this movie? Like he was absolutely like, like, like he had me on like on pins and needles just because of his of performance. Convincing.
2: He was very convincing, and I and I really wanted to punch him in the face, you know. And I mm-hmm. wanted to punch Robin Williams in the face before.
0: <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Like we know he's in a better place, but 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 it's uh, the Robin. I I don't know. I just liked like his men- mentality and just the and just the. He he just felt so threatening. Mm-hmm. Like and for someone like at like you don't really see authors as as threatening too much and just seeing like just just when you look in his eyes, it's just like oh crap, this guy could like end me. So it's like uh but yeah. How
2: about that? I don't I don't I didn't think he was threatening, but uh I think Al Pacino throw the show. I think he has the best performance with like hands
1: down in the mm-hmm.
2: movie. He did well, I thought.
1: Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead.
2: No, I, was, I just was finishing.
1: Um, so I think I have a little bit of delay on my side. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, um, I think something that's interesting is Al Pacino. Just, just not only um, may not in stature and all that, but just character wise, he seems like the kind of guy who would just knock the shit out of Robin Williams's character. But like I said earlier, it's because – it's like he has one over on him and he's trying to work through this. And he knows if this comes out, not only does the whole thing about his partner getting shot comes out, but it also comes out like all the other criminals he put away get get loose too. Mm-hmm. So he's got that weighing over him. And Robin Williams, the thing is he doesn't – I mean he comes across – I wouldn't say um, I myself. I did not really feel he was – that threatening at first, but he came across as just more of like a weird guy. Every so often, you just meet those socially awkward people, and you don't maybe think they're like, oh, that guy's going to kill somebody. You don't think that, but like, that guy's a little off. And he comes across that way. But the thing is, he was just one of those guys who maybe he was the ticking time bomb, or finally, just this thing happened that made him snap. And then he just found himself in this situation. And don't get me wrong, I have no sympathy for his character, but. It's one of those things like he's a guy who's not planned for this, and he's just going through the motions now as best he can
0: and uh I would like to just add on that like 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 i when I meant when he was like threatening it was more of like like when you look into his eyes and you you kind of see you kind of see like a human and and like he could like he like he could snap at any moment that's what that's what I kind of meant by threatening, but uh. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I also just liked, like like the, the look of this film too. Like, I feel like a lot of, like a, a lot of films like in Alaska, like, especially like Ryan, you just like uh, discussed this movie on your podcast about uh, uh, 30 days of night, how that one was set like when uh, in Alaska, when they have 30 days of uh, night. And this one is where the whole concept of like insomnia is that, he he can't sleep, and the sun like the sun doesn't set. I find that like that's like super like a super mm-hmm. interesting like like uh, way to tell metaphor a story. I...
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a metaphor in what you just said. Yeah, <laughs> the sun doesn't set. There's no resolution for the characters.
1: Oh, that's a good point,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Really
1: Especially good
2: point. Al Pacino. I mean, Al Pacino gets his resolution by dying. That was, uh, You know, at, at some point uh, at the end of the second act or the beginning of the third act, I was thinking to myself, yeah, Dormer is not, not going to have a peaceful life after this unless he dies, unless he just straight up dies. You know, that's the only way he can resolve this situation.
0: Well like uh the, like they even mention that like in when he's having the the conversation with like the the receptionist and she says there's there's two reasons that people move to Alaska one they're uh what, what was it
2: they're they're like they're from here or something like that or oh, they're, they're trying they're, to escape they're from. trying to escape from something
0: yeah uh and i feel like that kind of just resolves like his character like like right yeah. there it's like Like you said, like he's either going to die or he's just going to continue to live out his life, just like like and with his demons haunting him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Let's also
1: um, sorry, cut you off. Go ahead. uh, No, go ahead. Well, there's also that whole thing with. um, I think some of the best parts of this movie is when Al Pacino and Robin Williams are talking on the phone together, because Al Pacino is just trying to like. Walk it carefully and trying to be like, oh shit, how am I gonna do this? Well, Robin Williams feels like I can talk to someone about this because he's in the same position as me, and he's trying not to give too much of himself away, but enough to like, um enough to cause you know, there's a part where he says, like, you know, when I I never intended to kill her, he's just I was trying to be there for her, and then she started laughing at me, and then I hit her, and then I hit hit her again, and then the next thing you know, I knew I couldn't go back, and it just became this and he's just like, Oh god, it felt good to get off my chest. So I think that's meant to be like slightly in the in the darkest way possible, kind of funny, like, whoo, okay, now I can, I can go to bed tonight, you know. And then Al Pacino's like, I'm not this guy. I can't be this guy. And that's where he's, he's like, Wanna talk about Eckhart? He's like, just hangs up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he, he did mention um once you get a taste of that blood, you can't go back right and al pacino sort of you sort of develop that saying onto al pacino's character because he did something like that wasn't that uh you know he he fabricated evidence in in his prior case you know once he did that once he got the taste of that blood he couldn't go back he accidentally killed eckhart he instantly knew what he had to do because he's done it before Mm
1: -hmm.
2: so yeah yeah um
1: There's even that parallel between um, between his old case and what Robin Williams is trying to do with the uh, shitty little ex boyfriend guy.
2: Mm -hmm. Damn, yeah. I've never I've never seen a movie in this particular setting. Uh, It's always amazed me that there's parts of the world that doesn't have a, a regular cycle you know, mm-hmm. from night to to day. And I've always wanted to sort of put myself in, in that environment. But I've, you know, never seen a movie. And, you know, And I I'm, I'm don't ever plan on moving somewhere or hardly visiting somewhere like that. But it's nice. It's kind of nice to see. I wouldn't say I hesitate to say refreshing. Uh, I can't put the I can't put my finger on it. But I love the setting of the film. And the production was pretty good, too.
0: Yeah, I I love the setting of it too and I'm not sure if any of you have played Alan Wake, the game Alan Wake. I've heard You've probably of it. heard of it. I've heard but of it. But it, it the the setting of that game kind of reminds me it seems like they definitely like like uh picked inspiration from from Insomnia just because of just uh of the pontoon plane too, of just uh of it arriving on water and just stuff like that. There, there's a writer. There's a uh, detective. Uh, de- detective characters. I just think uh, I don't know. So just the setting of it is just super. It's almost like it's almost noir in in in, in a sense. Oh yeah, definitely. Without with, uh, without it being black and white, but I uh, I don't know. It's just super strong film. Like I I totally agree with you, Ryan. That's completely like underrated, like no one film, and more people should see it.
2: I never even knew, I've never even heard of this film, you know, before we started doing this series. So, 100% mm-hmm. underrated. I can definitely say, looking at his filmography, I, I've heard and seen the rest of these films. Except for this mm-hmm.
0: one. Yeah.
2: Which is kind of uh, uh, amazing, because look at the cast. Just look right? at the cast. I mean, Al Pacino and Robin Williams, of course, are household names. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Hillary Swank. I, I never you know, when I was watching the movie, I didn't really know that it was Hillary Swank, or I didn't like attach the name to the character. Mm-hmm. And then and then I'm like, wait a minute, that's the girl that uh the members of the office Debated over whether she was attractive or not. Do you remember that? Oh my God. Ryan, <laughs> do you
1: I've only seen random episodes of The Office, but from what I've seen, it sounds very fitting.
2: There, there's one, yeah, there's one episode where the the whole entire office is conflicted. They can't uh, agree whether or not Hillary Swank is attractive or not. Or I'm sexy. assuming eventually a whiteboard
1: was, and cue cards come yeah, out.
2: Yep. Yeah. The, the word was sexy, I think, not just attractive, because of course she's attractive but sexy is a different level of attractiveness. But hotness
0: (laughs) is also a temperature. It's not attractiveness.
2: (laughs) And I think to myself, wow, what a a huge smile she has. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, you see all those pearly whites, you know? And Mm -hmm. I I could definitely see how someone would see that's uh, an interesting look. I hesitate to say weird, but uh, uh, there are parts of the film where I'm like, is she attractive? Is she not attractive? I
0: <laughs> You started had your own office.
2: Yep, yeah. <laughs> I know at the end of the film, she definitely is. She she definitely is.
0: She's yeah, well. Lady. Speaking of the ending of the film, like what do you think of like her decision to like w- have the bullet in her hand and have the opportunity to throw like the evidence away and I, then
2: really cool because she was she started out, the character development started out as she's a really good cop. She really admired Dormer and all the cases he's done. And she really looked up to him as being a good guy, you know, that does good things. And, um, you know, as she, as the movie begins to progress, she starts to, you can see her, her uh, questioning inside of herself dormer's intent and um, dormer's morality and whatnot and by the end of the film she she sort of goes from wanting to um, interrogate dormer wanting him to be put away you know and he deserves to be um, incriminated to flipping it where she understood what dormer did and she understood that dormer was trying to justify the ends but i was so happy to see dormer stop her from doing that and say mm-hmm. you know don't stray away from who you are and you don't you don't want to taste that blood from being a doing a uh being a bad cop you know what i mean not to say that she would have been a bad cop if she did that but it it goes along the lines of once you get a taste of blood you can't go back you're just going to want more so if you get used to doing those things it's going to be easy for you to do those things in the future
0: And I like that you said that just because I feel like you you just said a reason that you can kind of I can point this into something like from my personal life is that I think what Nolan is trying to say with that scene, especially and especially her character, is that it's like you should never meet your your heroes just Mm -hmm. because like she she obviously idolized uh, idolized him like all throughout school, and like she 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 mentioned like all of his cases, like when she first met him, and she was almost starstruck. And so, like as she started working with him, she was like, "Oh, this is like a dream come true." And uh, yeah, and like mm-hmm. at towards the end of the film, it's like uh, like you said, it's just like just don't become me. Like write your own path. Like it's it's fine for you to see inspiration from me and like be and get into this field because of me but like create your own path create who you uh, become like for me it's like like it's fine to like look at see inspiration from the like artists that I look up to but I have to like create my own path and kind of uh and and just uh, you see what I mean yeah you (laughs)
2: really have to separate the experience you have with an artist or a particular role model to who they actually are you know mm-hmm. like dormer was this great cop who did a lot of good things but when she began to when burr began to sort of realize what he has done and how there is an internal affairs investigation he uh she figured out that uh his partner wasn't killed by robin williams character so all of a sudden she's faced with this uh sort of barrier of your role model being a good guy or a bad guy or a good model or a bad role model so yeah you know you 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 said it you put the nail on the head don't don't meet your heroes you know and it's it you because when you do you can you you will probably face that conflict and you'll either stray away from um the inspiration that they brought you or you might begin to um, succumb to the sins that they've done as well. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Ryan, do you have any, do you have any heroes that you could apply that to? You think?
1: I really like Quentin Tarantino, but I'm guessing he's probably, I'm, I'm just assuming if you say you like a movie that he doesn't like, he's like, Oh no, that movie's terrible. Let me tell you why I, I could just imagine that. But, you know, I think we all have like, heroes that once we if we got to know him as people like oh that's unfortunate um i'm a huge smashing pumpkins fan of a friend who lived in chicago and actually took classes that billy corgan was um was teaching at like the university there just random classes and he's apparently a really pompous asshole which which is unfortunate but you know can't wear that much eyeshadow and be bald and not be that i guess right
0: (laughs) uh i think like another thing too is that that we all can kind of like seek some comparisons to is that like when Martin Scorsese came out and said that he just doesn't like Marvel films and for like a lot of people that's like Martin Scorsese makes some of the better best movies ever and the fact that he like when we found out that like he doesn't like the same things that I like it's like it's it's like the it's that weird kind of it's it, it goes going back to like the whole insomnia it's like like like, it's, uh, like, it's good to, like, meet your heroes and know, like, like what they like, but, like, th- he's human, like, he's not gonna like the same things that, uh, a, like and also a different generation, but I'm I'm not trying. To, I'm, I can't really see where I'm trying to pull from that. But well, so, yeah,
1: just to add to that real quick, I'm not going to try and go. Like, well, yeah, well, tell Martin Scorsese nothing like that. But <laughs> I think the thing is, I'm not. You look at his filmography. I'm not surprised he doesn't like a Marvel movie. I get it. He still has made some of my favorite movies, but I, I think it's the thing he said that like he like he doesn't count them as cinema. It's like dude, dude. It, that that's this that's the statement. It's like he doesn't consider them cinema. It's mm-hmm. like that was the thing that kind of, I, think, I, I don't, I, I understand if he doesn't like ant man. Cause I've seen mean streets. I've seen, I've seen like Alice doesn't live here anymore. So like, I'm not surprised he doesn't like ant man. So.
2: That, yeah, that's where you really got to, uh, um, like I said, separate your, the experience you have with a certain model and the inspirations you gain from them from the, uh, actual person that they might be. And that, that that they expose to you through media outlets or, or maybe actually meeting them. And he totally blows you off. Like you're a, you know, pile of crap or something like that. And you're like, well, wait a minute, this dude like inspired my whole life and he just treats me like dirt. you know, well you sort of have to separate that, you know, also have to understand that, you know, you know, they're probably being approached every day to whatnot mm-hmm. or, or they have uh their views of films or their views of music or politics are, are um, derived from a series of events that led them to be who they are. You know, we wouldn't have Kanye without him being Kanye without him being the, the character he is, you know, I love Kanye's music. I will go into, you know, him and Kid Cudi and all those guys have incredible uh discographies to me but when you sort of un- unravel the character that you think they are they have they have a troubled past you know and they have uh flaws in their character as well and you you said it before Marley uh I think on a previous podcast was separating the artist from the art mm-hmm. it's not so uh easy for fanatics like us, I would say.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely not easy, but like going back to like, like Hillary slinks, like decision and just the fact that she was able to focus on the facts, Mm -hmm. like throughout this entire case, regardless of like her, like idol, like it was her idol is like at the center of like center of those facts, she's still focused on them and thus kind of putting her full circle to like what her idol says, like focus on the little things, focus on the facts. Like, uh, what was I forget that other quote that Al Pacino had? I, I really liked it. He was like, uh, he said it to uh, Eckhart. He was like, You, we are,
1: um, you, you know there's something to the lines like we're cops we don't get to have lives it was something like that it's not about us or it's not about payment it was i'm not sure if that's the part you're talking about but it was something around those lines
0: yeah it's exactly what i was talking about and i just find I, I i don't know i just found that like a really good line and just uh i don't know i just <laughs> um I don't know where I'm going with that,
1: but yeah. uh, Back to Hillary Swank. I actually thought it was interesting. I know that we talked about how she idolizes Al Pacino and as time goes on, she comes a little bit more questioning, but, I do like the stark contrast she has when she starts the movie and when she ends the movie. Because by the beginning of the movie, she almost seems kind of like the, like, oh, gee Willigers kind of like <laughs> yeah. kid sister of the whole police department. I'm like, yeah, all right, Nancy Drew. What do you actually do? make a Nancy Drew joke in the movie? And she's surrounded by all these bros. And it's not to the – it's not – they're not like – dicks to the level of being kind of like you know like oh whatever you can see they like her they you can see they're all they all care for each other you know all these different cops but you can see that she's like the one person who's looking for all the fine little details and when other people just dismiss it she's the one person like no 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 let's just let's focus on this for a minute and so she goes from being like the wide-eyed like rookie cop from the beginning of the movie like they only give me the misdemeanor jobs to being like hardened and grizzled like She's got out of a war basically by the end of that movie.
2: She really does have the biggest character development in the whole film. Would you agree? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I I think definitely. so. Um, uh, like she definitely like 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 what Ryan just said. She starts out like super new, like just out of um uh, just out of school, and then uh, she just turns into like she basically in a way with minus like 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 we discussed this before like. She kind of turns into Al Pacino, but st- yeah. minus the uh, minus the
1: murder. I know
2: uh, Will Dormer is the protagonist, but uh, her character is probably the one that the audience should relate to the most. Mm-hmm.
1: Probably, yeah. yeah. She is kind of like the audience avatar to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, I like that you mentioned the cops too, Ryan, just because I like that Christopher Nolan kind of, he he painted these these cops in this Alaskan town. I don't think we actually know what what town it was. It's just a town in Alaska. Nightmute. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Um, the house was that
2: in capital of the world?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like that these cops are like they're not like your typical movie cops. They're like they're they're just kind of like average dudes, and they're just. Uh I could totally picture these guys like in a small town and stuff like that, and then like a new cop comes in all like bright eyed and bushy tailed and they're like, Oh, d- come on, honey, nothing happens in this town. And the the, the line where he is like where, where the guy is like, Who likes bl- blowjobs?
1: This guy. <laughs> and like put, blowjobs. Thumbs. Yeah. Well, Nikki cat. Yeah, and he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: he embodies what Ryan was saying.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I feel like the, going, going off that cop particular, uh, Nikki cat uh, that, that actor, I, I thought that he did a good job because he's, he's more of like, he is at most just a supporting character and he doesn't really do a whole lot, but I think he kind of helps the atmosphere and give, give a vibe of what this being a cop in that town's like, like he's a detective and he's probably mostly good at his job, but he's almost kind of like, he's not the guy who's always trying to butt heads with Al Pacino, but he's the guy. Like, all right, here comes some big city cop, and he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be the shit heel, just foiling every opportunity. But he's the guy. Like, all right, here he here comes the big cop because apparently they don't think we could figure this out ourselves. But whatever. Yeah, and you, then when Al Pacino you know, do. does throw some info at him, he's like, oh, okay, all right.
0: I I just like that because in most movies, like m- movie cops are just kind of like this, uh, like they're like. They're big, muscular, and just like they're like they're the dudes. Like they're gonna get to get stuff done. But uh, in like a small town like that, it's like, like some sometimes they just enjoy like going to the local diner and just having a cup of coffee and just like and and just chilling, like because nothing
1: happens in that town. And oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say like that guy in particular. He even he even like came across as like. He was very straight business when he was working. But the second they're at the diner, that's where he finally opens up and starts telling jokes like, oh, OK, I'm off the clock. I can be this guy now.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But, but Cameron, what do you, what do you think? Mm-hmm.
2: What do I think about that? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty mm-hmm. much said it. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually just looking at Nicky Katz, uh What all the movies he's been in filmography. Yeah, he he's in The Dark Knight as a SWAT member. He's in the sitter as a NYPD officer. He's in Harold as a police officer. There's there's a, he's in the brave one as a detective. Um, he's He's in one of those uh, character actors who's
1: in a lot of stuff. Like I remember it's weird when I was a kid, like I, I, I found myself watching more like adult dramas as a kid than I do as an adult. He was like one of the teachers on Boston public and, I don't know why I was watching that in the sixth grade. For some reason, I was. And um, he was that one of he was like a basic cable show, right? It was on. No, it was on. I think it was on Fox. It was just on Fox. And it was just about like a yeah, school and high school and public uh, high school in, in Boston. And he was just uh, he was the cool renegade teacher. And i remember just seeing him pop up a movie. He's like, oh, it's Mr. So-and-so from Boston Public. You know, so yeah.
2: he was in Batman and Robin oh he was yeah, <laughs> yeah the one with batman uh, uh <laughs> he played the character spike I, can't, I don't remember who he was oh i think
1: was, that was one of the yeah. that was one of the gang members in that for a second so i didn't even recognize it, him. it was
2: the one with uh arnold as the ice guy the ice man that batman oh, yeah. george clooney oh geez and then he ended up being in the dark knight another batman film as he was
1: star. uh the bad guy in secondhand lions yeah yeah and... he
2: was stan he was a school of rock
1: he was the guy who was selling the uh, copy of a va- Italian Vogue and uh, Death Proof.
2: I haven't seen that movie. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Not yet. Not yet. I, I know I should.
1: It's Maybe probably Tarantino's it. worst movie, but yeah, no, it's still worth seeing.
2: It's like a collaboration, though. So it's not just his movie, right?
1: Uh, No, that one's it, it came out like it was uh, Planet Terror and Death Proof were released together and they had other directors put little, like, trailers of fake movies between them. Mm-hmm. And so Death Proof is all him, though. Oh, okay, so, yeah. okay.
2: I know, I know he worked with uh, Robert Rodriguez on on that sort of thing. but uh, Maybe you can what...
0: see it when we do the Tarantino retrospect.
2: Yeah. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I remember um, going over to a friend's house when I was really little, and they put on Death Proof. And I think we got through, like, five or ten minutes, and their parents turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> because like some lady like had her foot up on the dash and then they get in the car wreck or something like that. And just flopping
1: mm-hmm. down the side yep. of the highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when I was a kid, I couldn't handle that shit.
1: Right. Yeah. Probably the one super violent part of the movie of uh, one of two parts, but yeah, oh, but wow. I guess going back to going because he, he's one of those guys just pops up in a lot of movies and he's yeah. always pretty good. But um, pretty I guess going back to insomnia there. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I was I was I was glad I forgot he was in this movie actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think like like I know we're we're not Cameron we're not really ranking like the the Nolan movies yet, but we'll probably do it at the end. But I think this one is definitely like it's up there with like
2: definitely consider it when we watch it. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know though because I'm looking at the rest of his filmography and I just love. Some of these films, I love The Prestige. I love Inception and Interstellar, you know, and, and, and Memento, and I really consider them some of my favorite movies just because I love movies that make you th- make you really think hard about deeper questions, and, mm-hmm. and not that Insomnia doesn't, but I don't think Insomnia really devils into it as much as, like, Inception or Interstellar do.
0: Yeah, or even, like, the last couple movies... That, that we discussed mm-hmm. like even even like i, I think following kind of had a little bit more like uh like it had it's like a little introspection like a little bit more than this one i I disagree
2: uh, but i see what you're saying
0: yeah it's just i don't know like like i said like this is this is genre and like it's christopher nolan trying to get taking a stab at that like memento i guess uh now that i'm thinking about it, memento is a genre film but it's more like there, there's more themes in Memento than than mm-hmm. this film. So, uh, but yeah, um, I guess the, we'll we'll say like next week. We, I I was kind of thinking about this, Cameron. Should since the next three films are going to be are basically it's it's Batman and then Dark Knight. Should we do that? Do those together? Or yeah, did
2: one- he made the prestige in between Batman and Dark Knight? Okay. Um and then he made Inception in between Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight. So that could be something we could do. We could just watch the Batman trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Since it's a trilogy, right? They're his only um sequels that he's ever made. It mm-hmm. it, it would kind of make sense to watch them uh, like one at a time back to back to back, you know, instead of going from but alternatively, it could be a nice break, you know, like maybe we don't want to, you know, Batman out for three weeks, you know, we could have the prestige and inception in the in between them. So I'm, I'd be down for either or.
0: Okay. Uh, no, I, I would, I think having a break in between would be like, adventure. would be rather nice. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, next week. Called we...
2: Batman, Batman, Batman. Even right. Though great, even though I love those movies.
0: Yeah. And not like a, we hate Batman, sorry Ren, but <laughs> <laughs> the fuck uh, does that mean, huh? <laughs> uh but I think it would be nice to have a break. But uh but yeah. Um next week we're gonna be uh discussing Batman Begins, which I think it in out of all since we obviously are reaching we're at that point where we basically have seen these movies, we're just kinda re- recounting them. Uh I I think Batman Begins is the strongest out of all of them, but really? that is debatable. Well, that can be debatable.
2: We'll have a little pre-game discussion. Why do you think that? Because I definitely would argue it's the Dark Knight, of course. I
0: I I honestly, well, well one with uh, it's uh the one with Liam Neeson in it, the most Liam Neeson um uh, time, and also I just I I appreciate like I know origin stories are a little bit played out. But I feel like this is probably one of the better origin yeah. stories, especially the way it's crafted, the way Nolan crafts it. And uh, I remember this. This is a little bit. Um, uh, it's a little bit one-dimensional, like uh, a way of thinking. But I remember when I first saw this, and I, I, I love the fact that freaking Nolan turned Batman into a samurai. I, I just love that the that, that aspect of it, and just the way. Uh, that uh, like I didn't I, I didn't read the like the Batman comics, so I don't even know I like I'm not sure maybe Ryan you'll be able to like uh, chime in on this like I'm not sure if he's a samurai like in like the Batman comics but I just like that kind of take. That uh, no your your opinion
2: still is validated and still has credit to it.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the comics he did do some uh, training and we do see him go across the world and all that, but ever since Batman Begins. They like to have way more flashbacks now, so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh But yeah, like I still like the Dark
0: Knight. I think Dark Knight is like it's best. La- it's it's definitely one of the better Joker performances. Like I I don't think there's I don't think there's a a question with that. Like even with taking Joaquin Phoenix and well, I guess who uh, I was gonna I was going say
2: <laughs> who you gonna say.
0: I was, gonna, no, don't, just, don't, I was gonna say, don't Jared, say Jared Leto no. <laughs> The damaged Jared Leto Joker. In but. my
2: in my head canon, uh Jared Leto's joker wasn't the actual joker. He was just an impersonator. He, he just got back me.
1: from the gathering of juggalos.
2: Yeah, he was just pretending to be a joker. So that's that's my head canon is Jared Leto wasn't actually the Joker.
1: Yeah. They might try and do something like that. They're they're trying to reassemble the whole DC cinematic universe now. So yeah. who knows what they're going to do with that? But yeah.
2: I, oh, speaking of that, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for the new Suicide Squad.
1: Oh, that's going to be pro- – I'm and hoping John, that's going to be good. James Gunn. And
2: John Cena. Oh, geez. When I was a kid, I was the biggest John Cena fan in the world. Probably not the biggest one, but I was huge into John Cena, and now that he's like a Hollywood actor, it's kind of mm. bringing out the kid in me again.
0: Yeah, like John Cena, he's good in a lot of the roles that he's in. Like, especially especially now, like he was in a was he was in Fast and the Furious, right?
2: What's they haven't what? released that one yet.
0: Oh yeah, the, yeah, that, that's right.
2: Play. But yeah. he's definitely the best actor to come out of uh, WWE since The Rock.
0: Yeah, I would. I would totally. Is there anyone else? What about, um, there What are, about a Bautista?
2: Oh, but okay, Batista is <laughs> Batista is good too. But I gotta, you know, and he's but, he's been in bigger films than John Cena has. But I gotta Stuber. give an edge to John Cena. You what know, Batista lucked out because he got that Guardian role. Um, yeah. he lucked out. But yeah, I mean, if John Cena got a uh, uh, that sort of a uh, role in a marvel film i'm sure would we would be putting him in the same plate john cena right. hasn't been in as many big films yet but i genuinely think john cena is a better actor
1: well so, I, uh, oh, I, I think
0: any i think any w wwe like superstar that stars in stuber alongside kumail nanjani <laughs> is uh the better actor
2: i haven't seen that one
0: yet that that's, that's sarcasm, in case they come across
1: over the air. <laughs> he, I'll say I thought Batista did a really good job, even though it was a very small role. I really liked his part in the newest Blade Runner.
2: Oh, yeah, really? yeah. That was
1: yeah. Oh, I
0: totally forgot he was in that. Oh, the trailer <laughs>
2: for Dune. Oh, Batista in that looks so badass. I can't wait for that film. Next I game.
0: haven't seen... A trailer for doing it looks so. sick it looks gnarly yeah. i love it i am super i'm super excited D- like the um, deneve Ven- uh whatever his last name is uh I- can't <laughs> sorry if he listens but uh but he's probably one of my favorite working directors like uh like working today i think it's uh i i can't wait for dune but but yeah uh next week we're going to be discussing uh, Batman Begins. Ryan, you're welcome to join us if you want, but if you're if you're busy with yeah, comics, I'm looking or... forward to it.
2: You definitely should, yeah. Ryan. I think uh, yeah. I think you add a cool element to the podcast. Oh, I much.
0: think it would be yeah. fitting too, just because Ryan has done uh, drunk Batman. He played Batman.
2: Oh, really?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a form of Batman. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sounds like Ryan knows uh, uh, about the comics. He could he could provide some some. Uh, important references
1: uh, i i'd love to come on yeah sure any, any opportunity to talk about batman definitely right uh but yeah
0: um i feel i don't really have anything else like cameron do you have anything else you want to mention
2: uh not really
0: yeah it's uh but yeah uh insomnia super good film i really enjoyed it how would you uh, uh, how,
2: what would you grade it give it a, a letter grade
0: Oh, let it! This is the first time we're oh, out doing this. Uh, I would say I would give it like I would give it like an a A minus, like to be honest, okay. just because it's well crafted. Like it's obviously it's uh, like I said, it's obviously a genre film. It's pretty, it's pretty predictable. The performances are good, but uh, I feel like it could have been more.
2: I would, but, have, I would uh, give it a B plus, just be- mm-hmm. just because I know you know, what Christopher Nolan has made um, after this. And I do think Memento is a little bit better than this one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh But Ryan, uh, what, what, if you were to give it a letter grade, what would you uh,
1: I, some maybe they're like, a, probably like an A minus, just like, I have no real complaints about this movie. I probably just don't like it as much as other Nolan movies. But when I think about it, there's no real complaint to be had. I just mm-hmm. so like, you know, a minus the solid a somewhere in there. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess that ends episode 18. Uh, Ryan, uh, where can they find you on the internet? I am on Instagram at grit five. Granted, I haven't posted anything on there for a while. And I'm on, on uh Twitter at uh, done Again Ryan also haven't posted anything on there in a while, but we still do our podcast. Old man orange uh, with my friend, Spencer, We we do that like at least once a week. And I have another podcast called Octo Talk Rock with I do with my friend James. That one we're trying to do like uh every other week, but just given scheduling lately, that one's been a little behind. But yeah.
2: You guys do it on Anchor?
1: We do it on uh we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on uh YouTube, that's where our stuff is archived and Newgrounds.
2: You guys is uh theme or what do you guys discuss?
1: On uh well Old Man Orange. It was originally just kind of like a free flow kind of conversation, but recently we've been focusing in more in on this particular movie, this particular comic book, maybe okay. this particular okay. franchise, and then we'll make dick jokes along the way. <laughs> uh, Octa Rock Talk. We more like stick to like maybe a broader topic, and it's just you know different a ho- different co-host, different show, so. Yeah.
0: And can i just say octo rock talk is like the best alliteration podcast thank, name
1: thank you it's, thank you
0: it's like when you when i heard you say that i was like
1: that is really great but yeah <laughs> i looked it up i didn't see anything like all right i gotta snag that while i can right uh but yeah uh go
0: ahead and follow those podcasts and uh yeah cameron you can always uh Listen to Cameron on SoundCloud. I'm on
2: SoundCloud, Cameron Avery. I've been trying to post uh, more well thought out ideas. I I uh, uploaded some um, John Frusciante inspired songs. uh, Went on YouTube and I uh, I saw this dude. Yes, Yuda. His name is on YouTube. Um, He has some really cool Frusciante style uh, guitar instrumentals. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I I kind of I want to make a uh, find a drum track and record a couple parts over it and, and just jam over it a little bit. And uh, yeah, so I'm uh, progressing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, go ahead and check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Msiller uh, for my hijinks on there. Uh, tweeting a lot about the election and stuff like that. Trying to censor myself just a little bit. You uh, could you can, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on uh, anchor.com for 99 cents four ninety nine, or 99 uh $10 a month or hundred dollars uh,
2: you want you can just yeah, <laughs> yeah why not uh yeah yeah
0: why not yeah we're doing a good job i think we are uh but yeah um but yeah anyways my name is marley silverbrand
2: i'm cameron avery
0: and i'm ryan dunnigan and we'll see you next week I'm not the one